So the beginning of our day starting at the end of God's purposes. Revelation chapter 21 and we're going to read the uh, first six verses together which say. This is John reporting back to us and writing down as he's been told to what he has been shown by God. He says then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Who doesn't wish uh, for some sort of makeover in their experience, in an area of our lives? We might be wanting something like the lady had done here in the video, where we may want our, our outward appearance to be changed in some way, a, a better body, a better appearance. Maybe we're longing for an improved bank balance. Maybe we're looking for an improved house or home. Uh, maybe an improvement in the garden. And I think whenever we've watched a video like that, we're sitting at the end of it, and each of us has our own perspective as to what that transformation was like. It's a very subjective thing, isn't it? I think that's why the programs that have been around for so many years are so fascinating to us, is because we watch something where either people or their homes or their gardens are transformed from what they were before. And at the end of it, either the people break down in tears of joy or of sadness. I remember years ago there was one of the home makeover programs where they did something absolutely wonderful or so the experts thought to the interior of this house. Interior designers, the experts apparently doing something they thought and then they took the, the blindfolds or said open your eyes and I remember the couple bursting into tears because <laughs> it was just so bad. I mean that is what gets us and why these programs are probably so attractive to us. Because we're sitting at the end thinking, mm, I don't like that very much. It's a very subjective and fluid thing, isn't it? But people are bringing in these so-called experts. People who apparently in culture are looked up to as having the ideas that are breakthrough ideas. Pushing ahead with what is the latest in design or look. Whatever it might be. And at the end, some people are very, very upset with the result. Other times, you'll have people that pay extortionate amounts of money. So they might transform themselves and they'll go as far as to, to have surgery. Uh, to make a change to their experience and their situation. And the end result sometimes can be catastrophic. There's a limit in the power and the expertise that we can bring to changing the circumstances of our lives. There's a longing there for something that's an improvement, for something that's better, isn't there? There always is, in all of us, in some area, 
it can be better. And we would devote energy to that. I don't think any of us here is immune to that in some way at all. With God and with us, in how God deals with us, it's very different. God is the absolute expert. And he is the one who knows absolutely everything. And he knows what is absolutely best. And he has all of the power and the ability to make it happen. And God will do a work with us. And maybe for us today it's a reminder in this opening talk of what God has begun in us. In what is described in the Bible, we've been singing about it, we become a new creation. We'll get there in a moment. We're the starting point in a sense, following on after what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. In his resurrection, he is the beginning of a new humanity. And God will transform us in this life as Romans 8 verse 29 says those whom he foreknew he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son we will be like him in all of the perfection of his humanity in the future and what we've been reading about in Revelation 21 takes us there because God is going to do something yet future which is entirely new and wonderful and we're the beginning of it here and now. When God made the universe as we see it and appreciate it around us, the psalmist said it declares the glory of God. It's a glorious thing. In Genesis 1 verse 31, it says that God saw everything that he had made, and that included us as the pinnacle of his creation. God saw everything that he had made, and it was very good. It was very good. God is the one who creates out of nothing. Now here is where the big difference comes. Between us trying to bring a change to our experience ourselves. Starting with what we have. God starts from nothing. Let's get this in our minds. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3. The writer of Hebrews says this. By faith we understand that this universe was created by the word of God. His intention, clarified and spoken, brought it into existence. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. God made it out of nothing. That's the power that God has. And it was very good according to his perfect standard. Wonderful in everything it was. But we know that creation was spoiled. Was ruined was broken because of humanity's sinful rejection of God's authority and power over everything that he had made. Not only did it bring consequences for us in our relationships with God and our relationships with each other and our relationship with the environment, uh, the whole of the creation was shifted and broken because of our rejection of God. That's what sin is. A brokenness came into that which was very good. But I'm thankful that we're able to read as we have done here. I am making all things new. The one who's sitting on the throne. It's God speaking. But the next chapter 
It's Jesus who says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. So the risen, exalted Christ on the throne, seated as God, Lord of all, the creator of everything, says, look, I'm making all things new. I have the power to do it, and it's according to my perfect and wonderful standard. I love this. Peter, in writing to encourage Christians in the first century, said this. According to his promise, God says, I'm going to do it. And when God says he'll do something, he does it. According to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. That's what God tells us he's going to do. This is the desire within us, is it? That we're looking and longing for this promise to be realised. But do we understand that God has started a work in us? He started a work in us that makes us ready for that. Notice that in the new heavens and the new earth is a place where righteousness dwells. That which is right according to God's standard. And as sinners, we have fallen short. Fallen short by infinite degree. But yet God will do a work in us and has done a work in us to transform us and to bring about a spiritual makeover in our experience that will become a physical thing in the new creation that God is working towards. He starts it now with us. Those who are believers in what God has done for us, in his grace toward us in Christ Jesus. He begins a work in us, a spiritual work. And he'll bring it to a physical completion into eternity. I want us to grasp that. We're not going to be in heaven as some disembodied beings. We're going to have a wonderfully perfect physical reality that we will be part of forever. With relationships that are wonderfully perfect. With a fulfilled life that I can't even imagine. With a relationship with God as described in Revelation 21 where there's nothing between us and him. It's amazing. But God will start it and has started it now. Paul was writing to encourage the church in Corinth. And he was having to defend his work as an apostle. Because people were starting to look at characters and uh, revere people for um, what they were like. And he had to challenge that a little bit. And he was making a point when he was rising to this verse that we've been singing about. And he says, look, don't be looking just merely the outward appearance. He says this, from now on, therefore, we believers regard no one according to the flesh. He was really speaking about himself and his companions. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. New. The sense of the word in the Greek is not just something that comes along in a peer, as a consequence of time. I was up early this morning, able to get out into the glorious morning. I was thinking, this is wonderfully new today. It is, it's new. But the word new here actually means something that you've never experienced before at all. And you do have that as well in the uh, experience of today. But it's nothing what on earth is that? Um, that's certainly new. Um, but it's something that's not been seen before, never been experienced before. That's the sense of it. In us, 
If anyone is in Christ, what does it mean to be in Christ? That's you're united with him by faith, through faith, believing that he is the one. God himself who stepped into this broken reality that he might bring about a change that only he can do. That's what is unique about Christianity. It's what God does. It's not about what we do. Every other religion in the world is about what we can do. But God has stepped in in the person of his son Christ and says, this is what I will do so that you can be transformed that in the end you might be conformed to that which is the absolutely best standard, which is Christ himself. A new creation, new, never been seen before. The word creation there is the word that's used in the New Testament all but one occasion is to describe the work that only God can do in his power. Out of nothing. It's what God does. Let me make this point. When God makes us realise that we can bring nothing to be right with him, but we absolutely rely on everything that he has done for us. God is not taking us so that we might be a new and improved version of what was there before. He starts from nothing. It's entirely new. That's wonderful. That's what God does for us. Renovated, better, of higher excellence is there in the word new as well. Jesus had his nighttime encounter with Nicodemus in John chapter 3. And he gets straight to the point right away with this man who was living his life as best he could to do the things that would transform his life to impress God. And he said to him, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God? Where God rules. And we see that the end point of that, the consummation of it, in what we've read in Revelation 21. It says, unless you're born again, unless one is born again, you cannot see and experience the kingdom of God because God has to do the work in you that you cannot do yourself. A new creation work. Through faith, you believe that Christ died for the penalty of your sins. And you're then freed from that. And God starts from nothing. A spiritual transformation that is unlike anything we can imagine. It's wonderful what God is beginning in us. You have been born again. How? Peter says this. Through the living and abiding word of God. Remember that. God says to John in Revelation 21, write this down. This is my word. I want people to know it. This is what I'm going to do. Because God, when he speaks, he does something. And he spoke, Hebrews 11, 3, and this creation came into being. God in his word tells us of who he is and the power that he has to bring us from nothing to everything. We're born again through the living and abiding word of God. What's that mean? Taking God at his word and trusting him absolutely that we can't do it ourselves. No matter how hard we try. Because the end result is nothing impressive. But God will start with nothing and do something which reaches the pinnacle, the best, conformed to the image of his son. This word is the good news that was preached to you. Do you remember this? This is a reminder. What comes closest to it? Isn't it remarkable, metamorphosis? In nature, God has given it to us, I think, as a little bit of an example because it still fails to convey what this new creation is all about. From nothing 
to everything. Here you have this little caterpillar, and it's usually quite often seen as the ugly one of the two, though it's one. Uh, when it goes into its whatever it is it creates around itself, what's the word for that? Good, that's the word. I got something else then, more technical. No? Um, Chrysalis. There we go. Um, and then after a period of time, out comes this butterfly. What? How does that happen? You know, I quite like caterpillars. I think they're quite cute. Um, so there's something there to begin with, and then there's something entirely different afterwards. God doesn't start with anything. It's a new creation. Entirely new. Born again. You also take maggots, and they become flies. Or you take tadpoles and they become frogs. There you go. Just a little example. And you know, God is starting something absolutely wonderful in us. What's it like? Here's the reminder, just a few points from God's word as to the tr- transformation that he begins in us to take us to an end point. From nothing to everything is my last point, for, but from death to life. Jesus was the one who said in John 5 and 24, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life. He has passed from death to life. Nothing. Death is the absence of life. Nothing to everything. Another way it's described in the Bible to help us to understand is this matter of coming from darkness to light. What is darkness? It's the absence of light. Nothing. To everything. It's what God does spiritually. And this transformation in us. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In Colossians chapter 1, it talks about us being delivered from the domain of darkness and brought into the kingdom of the Son whom he loves. What a wonderful thing that God has the power, the ability to do in us and has begun. In fact, it's there already. The transformation work is something that is ongoing. Nothing to everything. Nothing is when you have nothing. Everything is when you have it all. Romans 8, 16 and 17. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Born again. New creations. New birth. Entirely new. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. It's what God does. We have nothing. And he comes to us in the person of Christ and says, I'll give you everything and you will be like myself. (coughs) The image of perfection. God in all of his power. It's not a subjective thing we're thinking of here. The standard that God brings and will shape us to be is the best to some. We can't do that on our own. It takes God to start that, does it not? This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. God couldn't keep quiet from heaven about the delight he had in his son. He has that same delight in us when we're joined with Christ. This union by faith. God counts us as being alive. Brought into the light. Having everything. It's yet to come to us, of course. 
That's why Paul said this. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Good news that was preached to you. Remember that scripture earlier? For it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. I'm just putting it here to people that I'm looking at. And the majority I know are people who have said, yes, I know this experience in my life. Well, I'm putting it to you. Just in case, actually what you do is trying to construct your own life that might impress God and are not absolutely resting in the work that only God can do for you. The gospel, the good news, the good news of what God has done and will do is the only power to change us. He starts with nothing because we bring nothing and he gives us everything when we trust him absolutely for what he's done through Christ who suffered for us the consequences of our brokenness that we might be brought in to absolutely everything it's a glorious thing it said at the beginning that the heavens declare the glory of God what God made in this creation is a declaration of his glory I don't want to tread too much on other people and where they're going with their talks but 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 says that we are being transformed from one degree of glory to another. Or the New American Standard says from glory to glory. God begins a work in us. That moment of faith when we say, God, I want this. I want to be part of what you're doing for eternity. I submit my life to your authority and your power forever. I want to be part of that kingdom that you're making new. Where things are just entirely different. God, thank you for what you've done for me in this. In that moment. God does this new creation work and it's described by Paul in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 as glory. Why? Because it's of God. Not of us. It's of God. I have a heart-shaped mold here that I found in the cupboard. God starts something. And with our life and all of its ingredients mixed together, it will be put into a mold. And at the end, maybe it's having to go through some hot times. You notice that woman when she was having the work done to her face, she didn't look particularly happy at some points, did she? It was a bit painful. You put a cake mix in here, you put it in the oven, and out comes something that is delightful. You take it out of there, what does it look like? It looks like that. You do the same with Jeff. But you get the point, don't you? God has an absolute standard of what is the best. And it's his son. And the new creation work that he begins in us means that the end point will be that we will be conformed to the image of his son. But the process might be all the ingredients getting mixed together and forced into a situation and the life coming together. In the end, God will bring us to look and be like Christ. That's what the rest of our day is all about. It's the transformation process. You know, the word conformed is the end point. You plop the cake out of that, it's conformed to that shape. The job has been done. But the transformation is what the process is. Taking all of the bits and putting them through the process that the end point might come. Do you know the assurance in your life of the new creation work that God has done? If you don't, then today is an opportunity to ask. 
Ask the people you trust. If you're not sure, and you've said before, and given the impression that you're a Christian, how am feeling here? Because I'm concerned about this. If you've said before, I'm a Christian, and there's then an embarrassment to come to people, because you've said it once before, but you're not actually sure, then do not miss the opportunity today to really understand what it is. Speak to us, please. Because he is making all things new. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. It's a challenge. God comes to be within us and in our experience to transform us, to shape us, to be like Christ. Transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another.